Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everybody. So today uh, is really a, a history-shifting day for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah. James to Davis. And a chance for telling me that LeBron James has Anthony Davis available to him? Excuse me, I'm rolling with the Lakers to win the title. It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Indeed, and what was he doing up there? Drinking coffee with Nancy Johnson? Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Late Night Lake Show Podcast. It is your host, Ricky and... Oh, wait a second. We got an introduction. We got a new we got a new member to the squad, a new member to the Late Night Lake Show podcast. I am very happy, very honored to announce that Omar has joined the Late Night Lake Show family. Omar, welcome, man. How you feeling tonight? Man, happy to be here. Um, glad I'm here, uh, part of the team. I'm excited to uh, help contribute um, and talk talk Lakers. You, Omar is doing a lot of contributions on our Twitter account, so make sure you are following Late Night Lakers on Twitter and follow the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Enough about the introductions, enough about all the behind-the-scenes crap. We got a new basketball team to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We do, we do. The Los Angeles Lakers have shipped out the old and brought in the old, <laughs> I guess. Well, if you ask a lot of haters, that's what happened. But I don't know about you, O. I'm excited about this squad we got. First of all, Russell Westbrook is a Los Angeles Laker, and I don't give a damn how you feel about the man. He is going to be Tootsie sliding into the Hall of Fame the moment he hangs it up and he becomes eligible. You go and try and get a triple-double in an NBA game. Now do it again. Now do it again. Now do it again for the rest of the year. Now do it again for back-to-back games. You can't. You can't. Best rebounding point guard in NBA history is a Los Angeles Laker. How exciting is that? And he is not alone. Joining uh, Russell Westbrook on our new squad is old face Trevor Ariza, old face Wayne Ellington, old face Kent Bazemore, old face Dwight Howard, and two new faces, Kendrick Nunn and Malink Monk. Now, I know there's another roster spot that's still open. I know Dennis Schroeder still does not have employment right now. But, oh, let's just get into the nitty-gritty, man. What do you make of our new-look Lakers? Man, first of all, what a great intro. I'm I'm already so hyped and excited about uh, next season. Russell Westbrook is a Laker. Are you kidding me? Russell Westbrook. Right. We got Russell Westbrook. We got AD, LeBron, and all those old Lakers 
now joining uh, forces with those three. And then the two new faces you just mentioned, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. Uh, man, this offense is going to be exciting to watch. Um, you talk about the past few seasons, how focused we were on defense. Man, we're going to have a highlight reel every single game. There's going to be lobs. There's going to be dunks. Uh, Malik Monk is a high flyer. Kendrick Nunn can get up there. We already know what AD can do. LeBron, Westbrook. This year's. I didn't even mention Melo. I'm so sorry. Melo is a Los Angeles Laker as well. How crazy is that? It's about time. God damn it. Melo, I've been waiting on your ass since I was in college, bro. You supposed to have linked up with Mambos, but it's all good. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry. Continue. I just forgot that I didn't mention Melo. So I want y'all freaking out on us. And, and, it's been a few years where, like, ru- we hear rumors every season. Is Melo finally going to join the Lakers? Is he going to team up with, with LeBron? I actually just found out that Melo was not on the banana boat. I don't know no. if you saw that surface. No, nah, he, he too cool to be on, on the banana, be on banana boat. You know, he stayed <laughs> Melo. He off to the side with the wine. That's, that's true. Le- LeBron had to go save his ass. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, in, the, in the water. But, man, I'm excited uh, for Melo, too, because he's definitely – you know, changed his game and the way he plays. And, and he's definitely going to be huge for us this season. But, man, this season's just going to be so fun. It's going to be a different team altogether. You just mentioned that. But stylistically, they're going to play different. And I can't wait to see how everyone fits and puts it together because we know that conversations have already started to happen, right? Mm-hmm. The AD had – no, not AD. LeBron had that dinner where things started to kind of unravel manifest. And, and manifest. Exactly. Um, because there was a point in time where we all, we all were thinking Buddy Hill is going to be a Laker. <laughs> yeah. And then that was a good time. Then, Woj tweeted that. And then literally maybe it was like a few minutes. Shams was like, hold up, hold up, Woj. <laughs> we, we got news to news for you. Russell Westbrook is coming to the Lake show. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's the right move. It's, it's a homecoming for Russell Westbrook to finally don the purple and gold. He has a huge history, um, you know, community wise, uh, growing up in the Los Angeles community. Uh, I think it's just a, it's an amazing story to finally come back and, and not come back, but actually play for the Lakers. So I'm excited, man. But 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 what's the Westbrook can't shoot, Omar? Do you have any concern about Russell Westbrook, the most athletic point guard in NBA history, fitting in and finding his role without a jump shot, sharing the court with LeBron and AD? Do I have concerns? Yes. Do I uh, think that they will be able to figure it out because they are three? Very, very talented and high IQ players. Yes, because at the end of the day, the, you know, talent and athleticism matters when it comes to basketball. And when you have LeBron, AD and Russell Westbrook, I I don't care about the deficiencies. You play in a certain way to basically enhance your strengths. And what was the mantra their first season together where they won the championship team? It was to be you know, faster than you. It was to be more athletic than you, stronger. All these things kind of fit into that mold with bringing one of the best power guards, which is Russell Westbrook. Um, I think it's going to be so fun to watch them figure this out. Um, 
And I know all the criticisms, you know, you know, fit wise, you know, Buddy Hilde would have been nice, but you have to think about how old LeBron is and mm. how much the regular season doesn't matter as much as, you know, people think, right? Yeah, people are starting when, to get a little upset about that fact, but it's true. It's true. The, the, the regular NBA season, I've talked about this numerous times on this show and the postseason, two different sports. Okay. What yeah. works in the regular, it can work in the playoffs, but it needs to be playoff proof. And when it breaks down to a half court pick and roll offense, do you have the right players in the right positions to translate that success you had into the playoffs when you're facing someone literally up to seven times in two weeks? Right? I think the. Concern is valid, but when is the last time Russell Westbrook has been the third option on the court? When he was with the Wizards, it was Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. You know, I don't know too much about their synergy. I didn't wa watch a lot of Wizards basketball, but it was Russell Westbrook, the planet, and everything rotated around it, right? You go down to Houston, it was James Harden and Russell Westbrook, Number two, where he was still kind of his own planet and had to work around James Harden, which was his own effing planet. You have KD and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Hell, James was coming off the bench and Russ was getting as much praise as KD. Obviously, KD was the better player and everyone knew that. But yeah. folks were just as much on the Russell Westbrook bandwagon as Kevin Durant. So now I look at this Laker incarnation of Russ. And while we haven't seen him dribble one ball off the ground, he is going to be the third option on the court. And as the third option, your game has to change. There is no if Russell Westbrook's game is going to adjust or can it adjust. It's how much is it going to. I'm not saying he's going to be a spot-up three-point shooter right now. I'm saying what he's going to do is be in those – um slasher roles those lebron pick and rolls remember lebron and caruso had those those beautiful yeah. pick and rolls right now you got russell effing westbrook who I, I don't know if you've noticed i mentioned him being the most athletic point guard in nba history one of the most athletic athletes in nba history but can you imagine with what one of the best passers in nba history can do with that right it's not like russ isn't dunking anymore he is still telling folks to watch their head okay Absolutely. This is going to be a really, really, really fun transformation that we get to see in Russ's game. And the other part about where is the, the shooting going to come from? Hell, the Lakers filled out their roster with players that are known for hitting three-point shots. We'll get into lineups in, the little, in a little bit. Well, Omar, I just wanted to get your reaction to the feeling, Palinka's feeling of that need as far as marksman. I think they can complement really well. You know, go over some of my notes. Wayne Ellington, sharpshooter, he shot 42% on six attempts. Um, he can run off screens. Uh, I saw this stat, uh, Alex Regla he, on Twitter. He's, he's a great follow. Yeah, great follow. Um, he shot 49.5% on his pull-up threes and then 55.1% off one dribble. So mm. basically off a screen, he gets the ball, he takes one dribble, pops it 55.1%. Uh, 
I know he's not a great defender, but he competes. And I didn't even know this. I thought he, I thought he was small, but he's 6'4", 200 pounds. So I'm sure Frank, the mastermind on defense, can definitely figure out a way mm-hmm. to hide him on, on defense. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, and keep in mind, all those players you just mentioned, they're all pretty much on the vet minimums. So it's it's including mellow i just keep forgetting let me just write mellow's name in bold here omar mellow is a laker ricky there we go continue there we go and he again he's another 40 42 40 plus percent three-point shooter and he's you know there was always questions with him with fit and he's kind of showed coming off uh with the trailblazers as as that perfect reserve role where he's just you know, that absolute perfect uh, catch and shoot three point player. Um, and in addition to Mello, we have two young youngins uh, in Kendrick Nunn and yep. Malik Monk. Literally, they are literal microwaves. This, those are the two players that we thought Dennis Schroeder would be. There are two little microwaves that can give you 30 a night. Um, and they, 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 they can score in a variety of ways. They can shoot, they can dunk on your head. Right, they can dunk on you. Um, and, and those are the juice game. guys. Those are the juice guys right there. Um, I don't know how long everybody's been Lakers fans, but for the Lakers lifers, everybody will remember the everyone's favorite little bench mob dynamic duo, Jordan Farmar and Shannon Brown. Now, the these two that we see in Kendrick Nunn and Malink Monk, I would say are better shooters than both of them. Right. Um, no one's more athletic than Shannon Brown. I'm sorry. Right. But the energy in the boost that they're not only going to give the Staples Center crowd, but the actual team on the bench. You can already imagine Malik catching fire, knocking down three threes as soon as he enters the game. LeBron off to the side, do, you know, doing the daggers Not to the head. Mellow's on the court, getting yeah. hyped and everything. And, you know, Russ is going to be that spark of energy for everybody. The juice that those young players are going to provide, you know, along with obviously the veteran THT, it's going to be that, that plug that when everyone talks about, Oh, the Lakers are old they're you know, they're starting to get up there. How are they going to get through an 82 game season? You turn on the battery packs of these 23, 24, 20 year olds and tell them, Hey, you got a six point lead time to who time to who it is a Tuesday in Cleveland. It yep, is a Monday light on. in Minneapolis. It is green light season. Because right now, this is all the playground to get us ready for the playoffs. And a whole lot of bodies are going to need to be preserved for that time. So you might as well get your confidence up. I'm really high on the Lakers shooters just because of the freedom that we are going to not only allow them, but count on them to have that mindset of it's on. It's in my hands. It's going up. You saw LeBron almost kill KCP. For, for losing his confidence and not shooting the open jumper. Just going to have that on replay. Shoot the damn ball when I pass it to you. Yeah, I think it's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be beautiful. Um, Any other let, – let's talk mellow, man. Let, let's get into it. Let's get into stay mellow. Our man is, um, you know, not the same guy that we wanted back in 2013 when he was a free agent and him and Kobe sat down for a dinner and talked about the possibility of him being a Laker. And then, you know, that didn't work out at all. So, you know, and I don't even think that would have worked out. It would have been cool to have another high volume scorer in their prime kind of take the torch, but 
you know, as Melo's next five, six years panned out, right, it didn't, it didn't make sense. It makes sense now that Carmelo Anthony is finally a Los Angeles Laker. Omar, you were just talking about some of his uh, three-point numbers. Uh, you know, he really embraced his role there in up in Portland, uh, playing behind, you know, superstar Damian Lillard and, you know, good player C.J. McCollum. And he did not, you know, bitch about coming off the bench. He did what he needed to do. I think that's going to be what's needed and then some out of Melo this year because the roster is full of players that do what you want him to do, right? So there's going to be a nights where you cool with 12 minutes, Melo, eight. This might not be your night tonight, my man. You good with that? Where do you see Carmelo Anthony fitting in and what type of role do you think he's going to provide the Lakers this season? Yeah, first of all, I think the way he's transformed his game and and his body too. He's lost like tons of weight to kind of mm-hmm. he's skinny mellow. Like that we we hear we heard about vegan mellow. Yeah. <laughs> vegan mellow, exactly. And just to add one thing, I know how people have been saying about how old some of these players are. People don't realize that there was just this old ass old ass point guard Chris Paul who just led the Phoenix Suns to the finals. Yeah. That's the, fair. The, where we are at today, like with medicine and, and um, rehab and therapy, all this like technology is like amazing. And all these players that are old, they, they have found ways to manage, load manage, whatever it is, to keep them in tip top shape when it comes to the, the postseason. Obviously, there are times where there's like freak accidents, freak injuries, and that's what happened with LeBron. And, you know, AD had already had that short offseason. Um, but that's one thing. I mean, I think Dwight Howard made a really good point. We may be old. We're not old. We're just super experienced. And, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, but Melo, I think he can be a uh, veteran leader with the second unit and play, you know, big minutes if, if the shot's falling. Get get those huge defensive rebounds where he tells everyone to get get the F, get the F out of there. Um, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I but I think he's ready to accept and play whatever role that the team needs because the ultimate goal for this team is to win a championship, and he knows that. And he said in his interview yesterday that that's the one thing that's missing in his trophy case is the uh, NBA championship. And he has a huge resume, like he has all you know every accolade you can think Bro, of. Bro, he got that Syracuse exactly. national championship as a freshman. That is with Steve Blake, by the way. Shout out former <laughs> Lakers, Steve Blake. Um, that's one of the coldest things folks don't talk about. And like, that's the thing with Melo for a lot of casuals. Melo is certified. Like, I don't oh, yeah. like I don't care. I was a Lakers fan. I bought a Melo jersey. That's how cold he was in his prime. And there are very few folks that make putting the ball in the basket look easier than Carmelo Anthony. To me, my only question is just day-to-day, you know, embracing of his role. And the quotes, like you said, perfectly yesterday, he gets that NBA title, he going to do whatever he can to get that championship ring on his finger. Because once that happens, once that happens, you can't say shit to him. So um, I think we're both high on Melo. I think somewhere in the – I don't know. Would you say 10 to 15 minutes? It sounds about right. That sounds right. Yep. I'm right there with you. Okay. So I I think the only other thing to this equation 
for our Lakers um, is the defensive side of the ball. Addressing what folks are saying is going to be a drop-off in team defensive rankings. Hell, Lakers were the best defensive team last year. Got mounts in the first round. Why? Why? How could that happen? Easy. The best players weren't healthy. Okay? Like, let's just talk for one second. By the way, uh, Late Night Lake Show and all of Created by Multimedia is now sponsored by BasketballIndex.net. Hit up BasketballIndex.net for 50% off your first month subscription or 10% off an annual subscription with promo code CREATIVEI50 or CREATIVEI10. So go hit up those boys over at B-Ball Index. Get all your nice info and stats. Shout out Cranjish McBasketball and all those folks over there. But anywho's, when we talk about what matters at the end of the day, it's whose best players are healthiest at the end of the road. Giannis, if he, that hyperextension of his knee was a blown out knee, Chris Paul is an NBA champion. Giannis, if Kevin Durant, James Harden, and uh, Kyrie Irving were healthy, would not be an NBA champion right now. Chris Paul would not have an NBA Finals appearance if Anthony Davis and LeBron James were healthy. I'm sorry, guys. That's just the facts of sports and very specifically a sport that you play five on five basketball, where if your top people go down, it's kind of hard to win after that. So defense, right? Are you concerned about the Lakers falling off proverbial cliff with this year's roster and their defensive, uh, you know, intensity during the regular season? I'm actually not at all. I'm actually, yeah, here's why. Uh, We just uh, added a, one of like the best offensive engines next to LeBron to the team. uh, That's going to generate a lot of easy and open shots, whether they're, you know, three pointers for Carmel in the corner, or there's going to be dump off dunks to Dwight Howard or AD. So I think sometimes I think people forget the best defense is a better offense. So I think we were ranked like 20th in offensive offense last season. And we were like top three in defense, obviously. But and let's um, not forget th- there were stretches that were painful to watch. It was it was it was I mean, we, we were we had no AD and LeBron at one point. Right. It was like 30 games where we, were, we, where we missed both of them. And the way the team was obviously constructed is you need those two star players to be playing where so, such that everyone else, you know, their roles are, you know, minimized and it ele- elevates the entire game. When you take those two away, you start to see a lot of the deficiencies like in the players that we had, right? They were, first of all, they're very defensive oriented players, hustle really hard. Um, but when you don't have those two, uh, you know, superstars, they could not create a shot for themselves because, you know, we had Dennis Schroeder, a small point guard who's really quick and fast and can get to the basket. But when defenses knew that that was their one and main option, mm-hmm. they kind of just backed them, backed off of him and asked him to shoot. And we knew he wasn't, you know, everyone knew he, he's not an excellent shooter. But, you know, if he's hot one night, whatever, you let. Man, let, I didn't know him. that, Omar. I ain't know he was just not really like reliable like i know the phrase a coin flip is a 50 50 shot yeah, but like yeah. in a 50 percent three-point shooter is amazing right but like dog it was a coin flip like how ugly the shot would be 
Like yeah. I did not realize Dennis Schroeder was not a a three point shooter like that. Yeah, I, I just heard about the like he had really good numbers the previous season with OKC and and it was like a career like it was like his career best numbers from three and all that stuff. But I didn't know how bad <laughs> the shot was and how you know he just lacked confidence in his shot. Um, and you know we 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 saw it firsthand, and obviously you know Dennis is doing what he's doing right now in Germany, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know skateboarding, not doing all his that. Lupe fiasco mm-hmm. kick push. Which which by the way, I know we're talking defense, right? But if there's ever just been a worse way to just go about your next contract, I think we're looking at it right now. Oh like God. we yeah. we won't. We won't address that Dennis Schroeder might be building his case to being a excellent villain next season for the Los Angeles Lakers if he signs this rumored backup uh, point guard role that's being offered to him by the Boston Celtics. Like, just think about it. He just traded to the Lakers. Then he de- he proclaimed he was a starter, <laughs> right? Yeah, then he demanded he, it. Yeah, he demanded it. Then he turned down the Lakers' $85 million offer underperformed played like shit multiple games in the playoffs let's just let's just keep it a buck and now Mm -hmm. he's looking around and he doesn't have a starting job on the table the point guard carousel has stopped the musical chairs is over bro now you're back to being a six man you know trying to prove himself and how do you handle that you're just posting skateboard videos like that's what teams want to see a potential injury risk trying to show off your your ollies and dumb <laughs> shit shout out danny he said he ollied his way out of 20 million dollars and i just think that's fantastic that would, that would yeah, really fine. be having me like you know i know churches are starting to go back to remote and online like i need to make an appointment with my pastor and ask like what lesson god's trying to teach me um well, I'm about to lose this type of money and <laughs> have to go back into the free agent market. But, you know, to each their own, Dennis, you got to handle things like how you got to handle things, brother. Um, I just note our experience as Lakers fans and Laker Nation, much to be desired was an understatement. Yeah. Uh, the run it back mantra that Will Perlinka was giving a little wink wink for that you mm-hmm. echoed, we kind of rolled our eyes at. And we're not really surprised this is where we're at with it in present day. Russell Westbrook is a Los Angeles Laker and you're not. Yeah. And, and, and how fitting would it be if he did join the Celtics and Russell would be going at Dennis every single play, I need every single it. rebound. I need it. I need Westbrook it. Like the desert needs rain. Oh my God. He's going to post him up and then rock the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, on de- <laughs> on That's Dennis. what I need. I, I, I need that. I need and that. I wish now, I wish LeBron saved that little turnaround, that three-point turnaround bet um, oh for God. Russ. I need to oh superimpose Russell Westbrook's face now on, on that, just so we can Creative erase Vice. this. Shout out to Creative Eye. <laughs> You're right. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll rewrite history one one tweet at a time. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the same boat. I think uh, Frankie Smokes. His basketball uh, defensive IQ doesn't go away because his roster changes. I think defense is a lot to do with will and, you know, just um, IQ. I think the Lakers have a lot of IQ on their veteran with their veterans, especially on the defensive side of the ball. 
Wayne Ellington, you know, those days are a little bit past, and Wayne Ellington was a decent defender in his heyday, um, guarding, you know, shooting guards and uh, small forwards. You know, Ken Bazemore, he's long. He's active. I think, you know, like he said in his press conference, nothing's guaranteed. That's what Frank Vogel told him. And he, as a veteran, should know what his coach's identity and philosophy is, and it's defense. You're going to earn your minutes playing good defense, right? So I think, you know, Malik might have, might be in a little bit of a disadvantage, right? Getting extended minutes unless he decides to turn it on from that side of the court. But, you know, Kendrick Nunn can be a nuisance, right? He can, he can, another strong guard that can, you know, be active and athletic as hell. So I think you look at the Trevor Reeses of the world. A defensive mind just hold mm-hmm. right by the way there's a guy named anthony marshawn davis jr that is going to be anchoring this defense by the way there's a guy who's making his third stint with the lakers dwight howard who loves him some defense like it's all about and i i saw folks talking about this with what really makes a good defense it's rim protection i'm sorry yeah. You need somebody down there as an anchor. As much as I like to slander Rudy Gobert, Agent Zero, Utah's defense is so good because of him. Well, no shit, Ricky. No one does. Look around the league, man. Good defenses usually have a big guy in the middle that is smart about it. Hassan Whiteside, I don't care if he was averaging 20 points a game. His blocks is what kept that Miami team really relevant and what got him that bag from Pat Riley. Okay. Like there's a reason why Andre Drummond signed a minimum to play <laughs> backup for the 76ers. You got to play no defense. Of course. There's no damn defense. Mm-hmm. Lakers brought in a defensive anchor in Dwight Howard. And if the rumors and reports are true and Anthony Davis is going to be more of a small ball five, there you go. You got the best defensive small ball five in the NBA. Right or wrong? Right. We saw okay. it in the bubble. We saw <laughs> so, it in the bubble. We, we, we saw it in the bubble how effective AD was at the five. And then even if you pull AD off, who do we have at the four? Literally the best four man in the game. Seriously. And as long as we see some like flashes of defense, like, you know, we see like three, four, five minutes straight of just that's all onslaught of defense. That means, you know, you start to see, you start to get confidence in that facet of the game and, Obviously, like you said eloquently in, in the playoffs, it comes down to matchups. And that's why you pay the coaches the big bucks and they're going to come up with schemes. And, and there's always all these teams, they all had deficiencies. You have to just find a way to attack those deficiencies on the um, defensive end. And the games, when it comes to the playoffs, they're slower. It's more of a half court game. So the defense is set. Right. And the way, you know, the the rim pressure that Russell Westbrook, LeBron and AD are going to put on to opposing defenses a lot of the times the ball is going to be going into the basket and they're mm-hmm. going to have to inbound the ball there aren't going to be there there isn't going to be as much transition opportunities that's a really good point because what was happening with our team or our squad last season against the phoenix suns is that we couldn't score so as soon as they would get the rebound they they would just outpace <laughs> us outrun yeah. us and and that's when we, age becomes a factor okay? exactly but if you're if the referee got to get it because it went to the stands, you got to throw it, 
maybe Dwight dunked it a little too hard, and now you got to get a couple seconds, and everybody gets to jog back down the court and set up. That's defense, too. And I think that's what you were getting at at the very beginning when you said the best defense is a great offense. Well said. All right. Omar, we're heading into our third segment of the show. A little bit of a uh, you know high pace. This is one built for uh, YouTube and all of our YouTube video uh, viewers. Appreciate you guys subscribe to the Creative Eye Multimedia YouTube channel. We're gonna put together our ideal Laker starting and closing lineup. So um, you guys that have um, wrote in to us with a couple of our mailbag questions asked about um, THT's development and, and Russell Westbrook, we're going to hop on that one next week when our full panel's on and we'll do a, a full-on mailbag show. So don't think we forgot, y'all. We didn't, okay? Um, but yeah, uh, Omar, let's, uh, let's just start at the top, man. We have two slots available. Russell Westbrook starting, Anthony Davis is starting, LeBron James is starting. Where are you going if you are Frank Vogel and need to put together a starting lineup for opening night? So if I'm Frank Vogel, I'm looking at someone who could space the floor and play defense. So I would like to, if I was Frank, I would put in Kent Bazemore because uh, he, he's known for his defense for sure. Okay. Uh, and, and can shoot the ball. And if defenses are going to close out on him, he could, uh, put the ball on the floor and and, and attack the basket. Um, and my next position, I'm going with Trevor Ariza. Um, and understanding that I know he's older, but I, I I take him off the floor when I'm taking LeBron off the floor and put in Mello, uh, for instance, Mello and and mm. another another uh, small forward guard uh, like Malik Monk. Um, so that's where I'd go with with um, those two because they both can play defense um, and and they can shoot the ball. Um, I know that their percentages may you know differ from season to season, but um, they're going to get so many wide open looks. And and if those looks are, they can pass the ball too, right? And to, mm-hmm. to cutters and whatnot. So um, I think uh, I th- that's where I'd go. Interesting. So let me ask you this. The positions really are irrelevant in today's NBA. But who's your who's your three? Is Trevor your three or is LeBron your three in that lineup? Uh, I'm gonna go with Trevor as a three. Okay, so you're going LeBron starting power forward opening yeah. night. I love. Okay, yeah. that's how you get the folks juiced up. But in that, I think you really you know told the story. That means Anthony Davis is the starting center of the Los Angeles Lakers opening night, and that. I'm sure that would be music to a lot of people's ears. Um, I I just find it tough still that that actually comes to fruition for the Lakers' consideration of a game season. I think um, I'm with you, Ken Bazemore. Um, I think he is the right mix of uh, veteran and youth um, shooting and activity on defense and athleticism out in the open court. I just – Man, I just really, really, really feel like we're going to see a Russ, Bazemore, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Marcus Gasol starting five. Like, I think, you know, Mark is kind of an indicator to me of what the Lakers are thinking. Because if we sign Dwight Howard and have Marcus Gasol as well coming off the bench, those are two fives. They don't get to play four, right? How does that 
how does that work out over a course of a game? I think it gets a little tough trying to balance out five minutes when AD can be your small ball five, and then you have two explicit fives coming off the bench. So, um, man, it's but mine's more. Yours is sexier, right? I'll admit, yeah. yours is a little sexier, but and I got I got, I got to be the one that kind of throws the wet blanket. What do you think? Where do you? No, I I think I think I agree with you more after you just explained everything. I think um, Frank Vogel is gonna like what like that lineup a little bit more too. You get a little bit of that size, the spacing with, with Gasol. And I, I don't think, I know they're going to lean on that, man. They're going to point to Mark's three point shooting and be like, that's a shooter on the court. And he, and he looked good. I mean, mm-hmm. I know in, in limited minutes, of course, but he was good. I mean, he, he would find the cutters and, and he would shoot the heck out of the ball uh, 40% as well, I, obviously on lower attempts, but He's just a smart player, super high IQ. Uh, I always liked the fit last season. I know there was like rumblings about Gasol and him being old and stuff, but he he, he plays that old man game really well, offensively and defensively. He knows exactly where to be positionally uh, on defense to, to to knock the ball out of your hands before you even get the layup. Um, but I think I think uh, what you with the lineup that you propose, I think that's very likely what we're going to see. Unless uh, and, and and we've kind of heard this, but um, they're going to have a like a like a true tryout in yep. terms of who can earn those spots. Like you said, Russ, AD, LeBron—they're set in stone. It's the other two guys uh, or three, maybe if Gasol is going to be the the starting center um, that have to earn that spot. And I actually like that because last year's mentality. With with the team is like okay, Dennis is like oh, I'm gonna start right. So that's yeah. the you know the point guard is kind of out of I much the prefer picture. Players that Gasol, don't care. I know, and then Gasol was already the 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 announced starter. So I like that you know when we when we get into training camp preseason whatever it is like you know these these guys are gonna have to battle and get minutes and it kind of keeps the juices flowing like night to night that like. I have to play my ass off and I have a defensive minded coach. I know I'm good on, on offense, but I got to play my ass off on defense and focus. So there's no like, you know, margin for error when, when, when I'm out there, I got to play hard uh, to impress my coach. But at the same time, I'm getting all these wide open looks and all this kind of stuff. And this is how, this is my game. And, and you gotta um, show, 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 uh, show that you, you have uh, confidence there. Um so I think I think it'll be interesting to see how THT checks in, right? I think THT, Kendrick Nunn, Malink Monk, those are all ones and twos right there. Um, how you bring them in is going to be interesting. I would like to see how Nunn looks off ball with THT facilitating. Um, I would also like to see Malink Monk off ball with THT facilitating. I don't know about y'all. Um I much preferred ball in hands THC than off ball <laughs> to THC. Obviously the yeah. shoot, the shot still needs to come around some, but I think when he is the playmaker, good things happen. And, you know, he causes a lot of matchup problems because of his wingspan and being a ball handler um, for his size. It's, it's going to be problems. So I, that's my only wrinkle of dang, man, Russ is going to command minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like THT is going to be the two next to Russ because he's a 40.3 point shooter. Now he yeah. could come back and that might be the case, but for all intents and purposes, I see THT as Russ's backup. But yeah. at the same time, how does Kendrick Nunn look 
if he's also doing similar things, but also knocking down that three, it gets a little interesting how these minutes, uh, you know, uh, flush out. But, you know, we'll leave that to Frankie Smokes because it's not like he's batshit crazy when with his rotations. It's not like they drive us crazy throughout the year. <laughs> that might be, it. you know, uh, was an embarrassment of riches. Not saying that the Lakers have a treasure trust off the bench. I'm just saying a lot of these guys would be starting on your favorite team. Just Deal I'm with just saying. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think – I think what's most important, right, is who's on the court when everything is the game's on the line. So I, I think I think Russell will close. Um, and, and that's probably most pay, likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're paying the guy forty four million. I, I, it's, it would be hard for him not to close. Um, but I think I think there are ways to use him. Uh, very because uh, you know what what come what it comes down to is you want the ball in LeBron's hands right when we're closing, um, and Russell is the most effective when he's closing. But you mentioned earlier, um, if we use Russell Westbrook as a screener, um, and you mentioned this with Caruso and LeBron, then you have that four on three you know mini fast break that mm-hmm. Russell is going to be able to attack every single time, and he is so good at either you know tossing the ball up for a lob to AD, or he's going to do that skip pass on the corner and you're going to get, get a wide open look uh, every single time. Um, I'm not sure how defenses would really game plan against that type of move because, um, you know, it's just so hard to, to, to be, you got to put Russ in the action. You, you got to put Russ in the action. And he and has then... to accept that role when mm-hmm. it comes to closing time. Um, because, Oftentimes, you know, he's running like 100 miles an hour and his decision making can, you know, lead to poor decisions or he can shoot when it's like eight, you know, there's 18 seconds left in the shot clock. Um, But that's the the thing is, is I know know people have those concerns, but that's why you play an 82 game season. You figure out all these warts. Right. And um, LeBron is literally, you know such a good closer when it comes to like closing out games that he's going to f- figure it out with mm-hmm. AD and, and Russ. So I think he closes because he's also a really good point of attack defender. Um, it's just that his, like you said, you know, we need, we need him to run uh, a lot of off actions with him on offense, but he just can't be caught like ball watching. Right. That's where right. he gets burned or he goes for like a gamble steal and it kind of leads to like a, you know, layup or whatnot. So he just needs to increase that focus. And I think it will, it will be there kind of reminiscent of how he was with the Olympic Olympic team uh, back when Kobe and, and everyone was on that team where he literally was, he had like two, three things that he really needed to focus on. And that's all he did. And he was freaking incredible. It was um, amazing. He was amazing. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Put Russ in there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Russ, I'm assuming since you had him as the starting five, you still have LeBron four eighty five in your yeah. closing. I yeah. do as well. Yep. So, time to insert shooters here, right? Yeah. So I think this is a matchup de- dependent, um, but I would put Ariza still because I just trust him and he's going to make the right play type of type of situation. Like he's like, like how Batum was for the Clippers. Like he was amazing. Uh, for the Clippers because uh, he had that veteran savvy and, and he knew when to shoot, when to pass. So I think that's where I see Ariza, um, kind of that three, three and D player wing stopper. Uh, that two position is kind of up in the air for me. I don't know 
who fits there depending on the night, right? Because if it's like, if we're facing the Trailblazers, Blazers, I don't know if I want to put like Kent Bazemore out there as the two, two guard. Cause I know he gets, he fouls like a little bit too much. <laughs> he gets handsy. Yeah. Um, maybe I put a Kendrick Nunn out there at the two um, or maybe Malik Monk makes some strides or if THT, you know, kind of starts to unravel his defensive potential with that outrageously bro he got to start unraveling he like, oh, has to it's the, he's active <laughs> hands defender he's a great off ball defender i think I, but i do think he gets lost in the mix a he lot does. and he's very very young i'm not we're not shitting Imagine on the young chicago playing. god but yeah. when when he taps in um to that defensive potential it'll be scary i is it the 2021 los angeles lakers we're gonna see it's honestly a little tough for me to pinpoint it, and i think you know, to your point, it will have to be matchup dependent. There are going to be games where you look like, you know, Lakers are down two. Melo's there, right? Melo's in the game if the Lakers are down two and you need a bucket, right? They kind of yeah. – yeah. just how those things are going to go. Tia is a guy that you could depend on, um, you know, uh, a, a very smart veteran guy who I said if the Lakers pick up a championship this year – Ariza will have gone back to back his last year with the Lakers. And then this year with the Lakers, he's a back to back NBA champ. So um, we're going to count that. So yeah, I just, I get a little, I get a little scared when you bring up like THT. Then I look at like, you know, how's Wayne Ellington in the, in the cooker in pressure time. It's going to be interesting. I think um, again, the Lakers coaching staff, that's where they're going to show their worth. But that is also a factor that uh, that has dr- grew, um, driven all of us crazy over yeah. the course of the year. So if there's one thing that I'm not necessarily looking forward to are the Lakers rotations. Are, um, I think we will get blessed with 84 or 85 LeBron four yeah. more this year and especially to close games. We, we've seen it. Obviously, we've seen it. Maybe we'll just see it more explicitly now that LeBron's starting to get into these twilight years and, you know, right. it's better to have more active people around him possibly. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I'm going to put it just for the sake of filling out this list. Let me get Trevor Ariza and then let me throw in Kendrick Nunn. I think his experience from the finals and losing to the Lakers and then losing, um, you know, a lot of his minutes last season um, in the way that he wasn't even given a new contract with it. He pretty much kicked out for Kyle Lowry. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. Kendrick Nunn is about to make himself a brand new um, contract player and hopefully a player that the Lakers can um, swoop up and be like, nah, he's actually with us now for an extended amount of time. Kendrick yeah. Nunn, THT, you know, Malink Monk, another real, real young guy. That's not bad. One and two guards for the next five years in the NBA if they can continue to develop. So we're going to see. We're going to see. All I know is we got a lot more to talk about with our Lakers coming up here. Um, We are going to finish the Late Night Lake Show season four next episode with our mailbag episode. We'll try to make it as special as we can for everyone. We'll have Danny. We'll have Kwame. We'll have Omar. And of course, I will be here holding it down for you guys. Um, It will be great. We have a lot of fun stuff in store for you guys. A lot of positive momentum. Um, Like we already said, make sure you're following Late Night Lakers um, on Twitter. Omar, why don't you go ahead and drop your Twitter account and let the people know where they can find you. 
at OSID24, OSID24 for Kobe Mamba. There you go. And of course, you guys know where to find me, Mr. Ricky Spanish. We will see you on the timeline. It's the off season, baby. We're going to get into all different types of avenues and talking our shit. And, you know, hopefully Dennis Fiasco can find himself some employment by the next time we record. I really, really, really wish he joins the Celtics. I need it. I need it. Streets need need it. The rivalry needs it. Until next time, guys. For Omar, it's Ricky. We out. Peace.